Welcome to the NBA Chase Podcast presented by Babcock Hoops. And now, our host, Chase Hirschman. Welcome to the NBA Chase Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Hirschman, and we have a great, great show for you today. Uh, Matt McKay Jr. is back with us. He has been traveling around. He's in Las Vegas right now. We're sitting down. We're in the studio and going to hear uh, a bunch of insight from the man himself. So, Matt McKay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chase. I'm really excited to be here. Glad, man. I appreciate you being here. So, Matt was just in uh, in Portland. Yes, sir. Right, Portland for the Nike Hoop Summit. Uh, the article right now is out on BabcockHoops.com. You can read it there. Uh, give us a little idea of, of uh, how last week went. It was awesome. It's one of my favorite events every year. Um, I've been fortunate to, to attend it, you know, six, seven years now. Um, and... Uh, I think it was a really, really productive week. It's, it's a, it offers a really intimate look on basically some of the best 19 and under kids around the world. Um, Nike puts together a world team, which is comprised of about, you know, about 10 guys from all over the globe. Um, there's usually a good presence from Europe, South America, China, um, and Canada. Um, and then Team USA is essentially kind of becomes an extension of their, their junior national teams. Um, they put together their best crew and they, they duke it out every year. So it's, it's part of the all-star game circuit, quote unquote, but it doesn't feel like an all-star game. It feels like something's on the line. Guys are really, yeah. I mean, winning matters. Cause it's, it's what's on your, um, on your Jersey, whether it's your country, you know, it's, it's the guys are representing their country. So, um, awesome opportunity to see that kind of play out. Um, and then the game, although it's great, is is just a part of it for, for evaluators and scouts um, and, and us at Babcock Hoops. Um, you're watching practice all week, and um, guys are getting great instruction. It's super competitive. You're sitting, you know, five ten feet away from them, watching them uh, kind of get get through the nuances of the week leading up to the game. So um, a lot of bang for buck. I feel very fortunate to live in Portland and just have a have a 15 minute drive to the gym to watch these guys. But um, we had a couple. I think as Matt alluded to in the in the article, we had a, a little contingent um, of our Babcock Hoops draft coverage crew, and and Jason Felipe came in all the way from Bologna for this event. So again, kind of put it in perspective how how lucky I was to be able to roll out of bed and and make it to these events. <clears throat> So uh, Jason came in from Bologna, Italy, yeah. and you drove 15 minutes. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so uh, tell us who you know who stood out at the Hoop Summit and kind of really who impressed and and why is you know was it the the play was it the the off court stuff the how they handled themselves the maturity levels kind of what do you you know you know who who stepped who stood out and kind of you know what was the the main thing that that caught your eye there. First off, first off, a ton of talent on both teams. Um, I was really impressed with just from top to bottom. Um, I think everybody is bringing something to the table. So that was encouraging to see. Um, I'll go team by team, though. As far as the guys that really stood out, there's definitely a few of them from the world team. Um, Nico Mannion. I mean, he's got to be the first guy I name. I actually did a little video breakdown um, the ginger ninja, isn't ginger, that what you call him? <laughs> ginger ninja, ginger mamba. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he's uh, he's he's all he's cracked up to be. I mean, uh, first time I saw him live was this this past week after seeing him on film a little bit, and um, he really showed out. He was really good in practice all week. 
um, as a lead guard, just showed a tremendous amount of moxie and court presence and command of the ball, command of his team, which are, you know, great traits in a point guard. Well, you see that, you see that on his, like, clips from, from high school, but to do that on a team with, you know, some of the top players in the country and still do that, yeah, that's impressive. No, on that stage, it was great to see. So, I mean, he, he went pound for pound <laughs> with, with Cole Anthony, um, which has been a really fun matchup this spring um, with McDonald's and then Hoop Summit and then jumping ahead to, to Jordan Brand this weekend. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But um, Nico played really well. I mean, he it wasn't a, a scenario where he had a bad week of practice and showed out in the game. I mean, he he impressed in every practice and, um, you know, really cemented just a great week in the game. I uh, Like I said, I did a video breakdown on Twitter, kind of pulling the clips that really stood out to me. And then in Nat's article, he kind of touched on a few elements too. Uh, besides Nico, two other guys really jumped off the page for me. Um, one of them, Josh Green, um, headed to Arizona also um, with Nico. Um, Australian kid at IMG Academy, coming off a Geico National Championship. So it's not like he had fresh legs, but came in and um, it was actually his second straight hoop summit. Um, and didn't didn't knock my socks off this week because I, I had seen him before and I was already impressed. But um, he's a guy I, I have a good feel for. I really like his upside. I like his potential. His okay. phys, his physical specs are off the charts. Um, posi- positional size wise and length is a shooting guard. How big is he? He's about six five ish with shoes. Long. I think he measured at six six. I think he's closer to six five. Okay. Um, and his six ten wingspan. Oh, so shit. I mean okay. you can't you can't teach that. Okay. Um, plus athlete, and I think he's super underrated as a passer. Uh, I think I think Nico is probably <laughs> the best playmaker on that world team, but but Josh, in his own right, is a really good playmaker and passer. So he didn't have a again his his box score didn't jump off the page, and um, you know I, I think I think I may have heard a whisper or two that he may he may have he may have been banged up a little bit, but all that aside, he's an impressive prospect. And then okay. the last guy I just wanted to mention from. From the world team is Precious Achua. Um, he was at Montbird this year. Had a really good year. I love his activity level. Talk about physical specs. I mean, the guy's around 6'9 with a 7'2 and a quarter wingspan. So yeah, just, at just 18? Yeah. It oh, just allows okay. him to play so big. And he uses his length. He's not the most refined player, but he's also not he's not overly raw. You can tell he has some things he has to work on, um, especially decision-making, but his length opens up so many things. As a rebounder, getting his hands in passing lanes, blocking sure. shots, affecting the game. Especially at this level. Finishing, yeah. Yeah, and then his, uh, the, like, the nice, uh, pleasant surprise of the week was his jumper. It's actually pretty mm-hmm. encouraging. So um, it was better, th- better than I would have expected <clears throat> it to be. So those three guys for the world team, just wanted to highlight. Yeah. Um, and then I'll mention a couple USA guys sure, too. yeah. I mean, I'd seen James Wiseman prior, but yeah. I, I Talk, saw. I'm talking about guys being discussed. Number one pick, James Wiseman going to Memphis. Yes, he's he's yeah. all he's he's really yeah he's the real deal, he's just man. A beast. He's the real deal. He gives you some shades of at the same age, mind you, like Carl Anthony Towns, DeAndre Ayton, a little Bagley. I, I've seen the name David Robinson thrown out. I didn't see David Robinson as an 18, 19 year old, but you know, there's probably some. Some overlap. Um, you see a little, maybe a little shades of Chris Bosch too, but just kind of all signs point to this guy. If things pan out the way they should, 
He's going to have a chance to be one of the best centers in the league wow. in a handful of years. Um, he has all the all the physical tools to make that happen. Now it's just a matter of it kind of playing out. Okay. Um, super impressive. Seven foot plus. I mean, he may be closer to seven one than seven feet. Okay. Seven six wingspan. Um, lefty. Uh, another guy that kind of surprised me with his stroke as far as you know where he's at with it um, in the drills and in, and then. Um, and some stationary shooting after practice. I mean, he was going around the three-point line, knocking threes down. Wiseman. Yeah, I tweeted out a video of that, too, um, just to kind of give people a, a behind-the-scenes look. So he's but, not, you know, so he can really do it all. He can do it all. Yeah, I think, and I think what I liked about the game itself, I mean, it's a small sample size being one game. You can't put all the weight in the world on that, but he was really effective around the hoop. Um, I mean, he blocked five or six shots, finished inside. He had a really nice kind of pirouette finish. I guess the one thing I probably should have mentioned first about James is his fluidity of that size. Okay. To be that sheer, like, huge size, the way he moves is just really impressive. Moves better than Aiton or uh, similar? Aiton moved really well. Aiton moves really well. Aiton moved really well. I, I, would, I would call him more fluid at the same stage. More fluid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of moves. He doesn't he does not move like a guy that's 7'1. Got it. Yeah. So you, when you see him, you don't necessarily think he's 7'1. And then you see him standing there and he's like, holy he's shit. He's huge. When you watch okay. him in the huddle and during a timeout, you're <clears> okay. like, wow, this guy's a foot and a half taller than everybody. That's what he looks like. Okay. Um so yeah, moving on from him, super impressive. Very excited to see. So and when I said the number one pick, obviously this is 2019. All the guys were discussing her. Our high school uh, uh, hoops guys going to college next year um, with no one with no one and done rules. So these are all 2019 guys. Uh, so keep going there. Yeah, I've got the date circled on the calendar. I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head. I think it's sometime in, in late November. But Memphis is coming to Moda Center to play. So that'll be a that'll be another nice commute for me to go see him. Um, Good to see Memphis kind of get 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 the top guy, get back to where yeah. they were when they call Pari, kind of get get some big names in yeah, there. Yeah, Penny's got it got it rolling over there. Yeah, I love Penny. That's great. That's a great hire. Um, I'm sure Little Penny's got got some say in that too. <laughs> <laughs> little Penny, I love Little Penny. I had to throw that in. That's a good throwback. That's a good throwback. Um, Those are the best commercials ever. Two, two more guys. I just wanted to highlight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gotta go with my with my hometown guy, um, Isaiah Stewart, heading to Washington. He's not from Washington, but uh, he's out of upstate New York. But Isaiah Stewart's a monster. Um, the guy looks like the guy's like Carl Malone type of build. Just, 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 just a beast. Jacked. Just really? Jacked. Like, you're not moving that guy. Okay. Um, so he spends his days in the weight room. Yeah, he, he must. Nights. It's got, I mean, I'm sure it's somewhat natural, but he's, he's uh, a physical specimen. Another guy with major plus length. Um, I kind of qualify him as a, as a, as a big, I, I, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more in the, uh, the camp of kind of quantifying guys as, as guards, wings, hybrids, and, and bigs. So whether he's a four, whether he's a five, I don't think it really matters at this point. He's a big. He's not a wing. Um, and uh, He's a big big. He's just he's – just, uh, he's, he's, Legit he's a little, power he's, forward. He's, he's a little bit undersized if you're talking about him as a center height-wise, but I think the length really makes up for it. And his motor is probably the first thing that needs to be mentioned with him. Well, this day and age, I mean, there's there's very few real centers anyway. A lot of fours end up playing five anyway, as long as they're strong enough to, to hold their position. 100%. So it doesn't really matter if I mean, you're 6'8 you or 7'1. You, you, know. you got Draymond Green and Drake P.J. Tucker that. playing the five yeah. in playoff and games. And P.J.'s like 6'4". Right, right. So it's, it's a different – yeah, yeah. And that's why it's not so yeah it's not so far fetched just to 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 you know look at a guy like like Zion and look at him and say hey you might you might be playing some minutes you can, you as a big play. as yeah. a legit you know 
four or five. So we'll see. Yeah. Neither here nor there. <clears throat> Isaiah Stewart, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be great in the back of that zone um, as as basically the the immediate replacement for Noah Dickerson, who was a really good college player. But I think Isaiah is going to come in and kind of kind of be the make people forget about him. Uh, <laughs> rich man's version of that. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So. Uh, he was he was really good. Uh, I think he's the type of guy that's going to maximize his potential just with his approach, his motor, um, and and physical tools. Showed some showed some some nice signs with his mid range jumper in practice, and then I think he ended up hitting the top top of the key jumper in the game too. So okay. uh, a lot of positive um, a lot of positive stuff from him this week. And then in their backcourt, the guy going head to head with Nico Manny was Cole Anthony. Um, I'd seen him live before too, um, but. You know, Cole, just, Cole Anthony's uh, Greg Anthony's son, right? Yes. So he's yes. Okay, and he's undecided right now. Still undecided. He's I think he's down to four schools, okay. four-ish okay. schools. Um, it sounds like I mean it may be it may be UNC coming in and stepping in uh, in uh, in place of Kobe Kobe White, but um, you know we'll we'll wait and see where, where he makes his decision. I'm not I'm not holding my breath on that. Um, but he'll be he'll be a must-watch guy next year. Really? It's really neat to see. Um, you know, Cole step on the court and you can just see the look in his eye. Like the guy's a competitor. Really? Yeah. He's a fierce competitor. Um, and he just, he's out there, he's out there to win. He's not out there messing around. Um, so a little bit non-traditional as a point guard, I think size wise, that's, that's his definite position. Um, he's what, six, two or what, what? about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six, two ish, six, okay. three, maybe depending on, you know, Who's measuring? the soles of his shoes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, but he's not, I wouldn't say he's a guy with like great positional size at the one, but I think, okay. Yeah. Um, but still very, very dynamic player. Um, he's a pretty functional athlete. He's not going to just wow you and, and, and dunk on three guys. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe he'll, maybe he'll do that this weekend. I don't know, but, um, functional athletically, um, and score first mold. Like he's out there trying okay. to, trying to get buckets and create, Offense. Okay, so you gotta yeah. you gotta score first point guard. Yeah. So with him and Nico, they went against each other. There, that was the you know that's kind of what people were talking about. So how did that? Who who won that battle? And where do you, you know where do you see that heading? Well, I could see some different answers from that. I mean, Cole got the W. Okay. So he go. probably he probably had a little more help um, around him. Okay. Uh, there was only two world guys that scored in, in double figures. Oh um, shit. But yeah, I, I think I think I mean Cole won the. Cole, Cole's team won the game, so you got to give him the edge there. But as far as straight individual performance, I mean, I've got I've got to give it to Nico. I think it was more well-rounded. I think he got teammates involved a little bit more. Um, it just showed kind of, of a more complete game. Whereas uh, with Cole, now credit to him, he can go make stuff happen on his own, but it's not necessarily always in the flow of the offense or the rhythm of the game. It's, you know, he's going to go create a bucket, create space. A little Kyrie-ish in that sense, like in the mentality. He he can go make whatever he wants to happen out there, which is, is you know, that's a big-time skill. But you also need to learn learn as a point guard, the head of your team, you got to learn how to, like, pull that back too, right? Right. I wouldn't necessarily call him a system point guard, but you can have system point guards that are really successful, and you can have – you know, guys, guys that are more individually talented um, and capable that are really successful too. Sure. So he's more in that in the, in the latter group. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, but those are the kind of the you know the three from each side that um, they really stood out to me. I mean, there are, there are other good players too, but for the sake of time. Sure, sure, sure. No, I appreciate that. That's that's good. And so, did Cole play with Wiseman? 
Were they on the same team? Yeah, USA team. So that's why the other team only had two guys in double figures. And it's, you, think, you think Wiseman had a big deal with that yeah, defensively? Yeah, he, he was changing shots left and right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. And, and then, coming over from the weak side, that guy he, he takes up so much space, and he's just—I mean—he's a—he's a monster. Okay. Yeah. So that okay. So that that makes sense because usually I do look at point guards and. Uh, when it comes to like plus minus and those things, and how I evaluate a lot of guys is is often through the through the plus minus. Yeah. Point guards. Yeah. Not to say the other players, but point guards handle it. They set the tone. The win and loss to me is on a, a, a great point guard, right? It's like uh, that's how I feel. Now that's not always the case. You have a you have a special player on your team. You have a LeBron on your team. It, it doesn't uh, things change. You have, that's a, you, have a set, yeah. you have a transcendent defensive yeah. or you know big man. It, it doesn't at that point. It, it doesn't necessarily make the, make the same difference. But when the two guys are going against each other, and you know, he's like gets the guy who gets the W. Always like a guy that's kind of putting his, you know, getting his team in position to win. Yeah. Um, but score first point guard scare me a little bit. As they're, far as I feel what, like they're becoming they're becoming more more the norm now. I feel like now if you're talking about a pure point guard, they're just they're more far and few between. And I'm not sure if you know maybe that'll maybe that'll correct itself over time. But um, yeah. I think uh, Jamal Murray's the new the new NBA point guard the guy <laughs> that can put up fifty, right. but right. you know, but right. the only way they can do that right is they have Jokic, right. so they run everything through Jokic, right? And I pronounced his name wrong the first time. It's Jokic, uh, but uh, yeah, you, you know, because he's getting fifteen assists, so then Murray can go off as point guard, exactly, right? For uh, it's interesting, interesting and, dynamic for some and, of those and guys. And whatever point, whatever point guard you're bringing in in Dallas, right? Because you know Luca's going to be the primary. Luca's your point. Yeah. So you might as well at that point bring in a six-five-two guard. Yeah. And make him your point, you know, per se, or just make Luca your point, like Philly did with Simmons. Exactly. That's another example. Right. And then have your just have the huge mismatch. Then no one on your team's under six. Well, he's six-eight. Six you, you bring in a six-eight-two yeah. guard. Now you got yeah. You know, just you know. It, those non-traditional lineups are becoming more and more popular and and uh, and effective. And you know, I think it's fun to watch. It's fun to see where the game's evolving. It's super fun. A big yeah. point. I mean, Magic. You know, Magic was so far ahead of his time. No doubt. You know, how many years until we had a six-nine point guard? Simmons. It took like thirty years. Right. It's crazy. Right. So no, um, no doubt. Pretty cool. Anyway, okay. So moving on. Uh, let's talk about you're here in Vegas. You're here for the Jordan Brand Classic, which is always a huge event. Uh, obviously, anything with Jordan's name attached to it is is the biggest deal, and he is the man. And uh, so, tell me about um, you know what's going on on uh, this week, and and who you're seeing, and what's happening. Yeah, sure. Um, again, not quite as easy as the commute uh, of of the 15 minute drive from my place to, <laughs> to Hoop Summit stuff, but really fortunate that it, it's uh, it's I'm, I'm selfishly you know happy that it moved from the East Coast out to Vegas for the first time. So it'll be at T-Mobile, and there's some loaded rosters, uh, a lot, a lot of talent. Um, good to get another touch point on these guys before they, you know, before they get to college campuses, and um, just you know, kind of filing those notes away for, you know, when we need them later on. Um, as and we I assume, kinda, when you when you talk about touch points in Vegas, I'm assuming you're just gonna be roaming. The casinos at night looking for these guys trying to get some deep intel. Man. Shit, he's a shitty blackjack player. And he at 18 years old, somehow he got a fake ID. I don't know about this kid. You know, I, so I, I, I can't divulge my my pro, my, my whole process. process. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I'm here yeah. to to, you know, get a get a good feel for these guys. Okay. And you know, um, here a day early, 
um, just to kind of get my bearings. And uh, actually, I'm hit, I'm hitting an AAU tournament um, kind of simultaneously. But there'll be a practice tomorrow. There'll be some media availability. That's another kind of bonus to being um, in this in this sphere currently with Babcock Hoops because you know we get to talk to the players. We get to talk to the we get to talk to the uh, the people around them and um, just kind of get a get a feel for them rather than having it be a you know, an off limits thing when you're with the team. So that's, that's definitely a, a positive, um, for, for our current situation. Um, and yeah, so I'll watch a practice tomorrow to get a feel for a lot of these guys. A lot of them I'll be, I'll be seeing for the first time live. Um, and I've seen plenty of them already. A lot of them last week at, at hoop summit. Um, and then the game on Saturday and talking about kind of contrasting that with, um, with the hoop summit kind of dynamic, this is definitely more of an all-star game. Like, I don't necessarily expect to see a super competitive game. I think it's going to be more fun, um, a little bit lighter, a lot of dunks, a lot of leak outs, a lot of, you know, um, not necessarily a ton of defense in the first three quarters of the game. But that being said, you know, I'll have a good seat. I'll be sitting there. You're still going to watch him move up close, and there's something to be said about that. Real quick before we get further into the game uh, in, in, the, in the week, but – is it is it harder to scout? Do you find it harder to scout on all star like all star games, right? Where they're not necessarily playing defense or playing really hard. They're just kind of trying to showboat, get their buckets. Like in a, in a more competitive game, you look kind of look at guys playing a little more defense. You can probably get a better feel, right? Is that is that true to assume? No, I think that's a very fair assumption. I think for me, I, I value. Mm. I think you have to derive positives in any environment. At least you have to attempt to and i and i still value seeing guys live regardless i might not be able to speak to their competitive juices but i can speak to how they move how fluid they are how quickly they change ends you know what i mean um you know is this guy a quick twitch athlete um how do his how do his shooting mechanics look and his footwork look up close that type of stuff that you know you're gonna you're gonna get some takeaways from watching film but um, that's an article that's 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 a sneak preview of an article I'm, I'm working on coming up. But um, you can't replicate certain things you can get from watching guys live. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's not you ideally want to watch a, a game seven overtime environment every time you're watching guys, but you're just not going to get that in, in an all star type setting. Um, and again, the nice bonus for 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 us on the media side is being able to interact with these guys. So um, it's definitely worth being here, um, and yeah, I mean the talent, the talents. So the talent's give, give us, give us some of the guys you're going to see this weekend. Probably some overlap, right? Definitely some overlap. Uh, I'll be quick on this. Like, I mean, hey, it's the next, it's the next round of Anthony versus Mannion. So awesome. that's going to be exciting. Awesome. They're, and they're on separate teams, which is which is great. I'm glad they set it up like that. Uh, so I want to see, I want to see an extension of that um, and see if they can pick up where they left off. Um, on Friday night, and and watch those guys go to battle. One guy in particular, in particular, I'm really looking forward to see is Anthony Edwards. He's committed to Georgia, um, and he went to school I think in the Atlanta area. And uh, he recently reclassified from the class of 2020, and kind of automatically through that process, you know, jumped into the top top few guys, kind of depending on who you're asking in the rankings um, in, in the 2019 class. So huge get for for Tom Crean in Georgia. And he's a guy that I have not seen live yet, but I, I'll definitely be eagerly, eagerly anticipating um, watching him and practicing the game. Um, I mean, there's just, there, there's, there's a lot of guys. Uh, 
a lot of guys, I mean, we get another look at, at Wiseman, which, you know, again, he's another one just for that narrative. Um, can he pick up where he left off and, and bring that motor and that, and that physical presence and, and, you know, kind of, kind of come with it. Vernon carries another guy. I'm interested to see, I know he was kind of battling it. He's been battling an ankle, an ankle injury, an ankle tweak the last several weeks. Um, that's forced him to miss some action. I mean, he only played four minutes in, in the game on Friday night, but super talented. I mean, top five talent in this class heading to Duke, big lefty, um, inside, outside can kind of, can kind of do a lot. So I'm I'm hoping crossing my fingers that he's going to be, um, you know, be at relative full strength. But if not, again, at least it's another opportunity to kind of see him up close, see how he interacts with people and stuff like that. How do you expect to see someone like him in more of an all-star game format where a little less defense, more, it's more about the guards and the guys who can really handle the ball that are getting more of the shots and, and getting more of the action. Centers often get lost. I mean, nowadays a center is not a center anymore, but still big men can get lost in these kind of games. No, that's a great, that's a great <clears throat> question. I mean, um, I think things you like to look for, or what what's he get what's he getting out of his touches? You're probably going to get less touches than Cole Anthony and Nico Mannion, but when you're catching the ball, where are you catching it? What position are you you know what type of position are you getting? Especially in a game where you're probably not having to fight too hard for a good position. Um, and you're bigger than everybody. Yeah. How are your hands? Are you catching balls cleanly and um, and you know grabbing a few rebounds out of your area? And um, you're just looking for timing on on how he's going up and affecting shots um and then and then finishing ability you know you want to see a, a guy who's who's that big be able to go over either shoulder finish you know be an ambidextrous finisher um and then finish with power um i'll, I'll backtrack one one thing i loved about oscar shibway last week from the world team he's heading to virginia anytime that guy catches the ball in the paint he's going up with two hands looking to dunk it awesome. I, I mean i love that mindset yeah so Montrez Harrell. yeah yeah you're, you're looking for for things like that that's great i love those guys. um just because it's not necessarily big focused typically trevor yeah. booker <laughs> hey man <laughs> trevor booker that dude dunked everything right and you got i mean you got to make the most of those touches so um he'll be a guy that i'll be i'll be watching closely um if, if he's playing okay um and how, how are wiseman's hands because that's you mentioned that it's so important. It's if a, if a, you know you look at and people often bring up Kwame Brown as a guy with like couldn't really palm a basketball and it's yeah, like yeah that's the legend and yeah. it's you, you know you look at the best players ever and all of them can can grip a ball like it's a, like it's not a big deal except Steve Francis except Steve Steve Francis I remember that right? I remember that being the thing that he couldn't I remember in the, in I the think dunk I contest I vaguely remember that yeah, too yeah but 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 still I, but I, I mean, get your point but the majority I mean it's really it's a it's a big deal if you don't have big hands and often great hands because sometimes people have big hands but can't don't have the dexterity and stuff inside the, the fingers and sure. there's more to it right but uh, hands are so important. I, I mean, all that said, I, I thought his I thought his hands were fine. Okay. I, I, I didn't, you didn't notice. I, it wasn't no, I, like I, a, I didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't say I. He made an impression on me on either end of the spectrum, which is probably good. I mean, if you got a guy that's just catching everything, that obviously that's catching your eye. If you got a guy that can't catch and is bobbling stuff, you catching and, that too. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. But mm-hmm. I thought he was fine. Okay. Um, the only other guy, I, I, I don't mean to. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a hater, but I, I am disappointed that Jalen LeCue, I, I just heard the other day. I saw it on Twitter that he that he reportedly pulled out, which you know, as an evaluator, um, trying to trying to get a, a a better grip on him, it's kind of disappointed to hear. Um, he he is committed to NC State. He was at Brewster Academy this year out east, um, and he's one of those guys that since he's post grad is is eligible for this year's draft. So it sounds like he's he has the intent right now 
to stay in. And I, I guess the reason, at least I'm just hearing this second, third hand is, you know, to, to train for the draft and, and prepare. I understand that. I get it. But this is an opportunity in front of a lot of scouts, personnel, personnel. Yeah, yeah, to be yeah. able to make a really nice impression. And, and he chose not to do that. So, I mean, I've got to respect his decision. But again, selfishly. Shoot, you know, I was looking like forward. To I was looking forward to seeing him. him. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So how? Okay. So let's talk a little about this. So, uh, being that we're scouting guys a year early, right? So, so you and Matt are, are on the road, and a few other guys are on the road, and you know, you're getting it a year too early, basically. Um, what what kind of advantages do you have in your process and and your kind of grassroots? You know, uh, talk a little bit about how you operate. And what advantages that has versus guys that are just, you know, kind of um, doing it that year or just as the guys are entering the draft and, and that kind of thing. All right. I mean, there's 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 more than one blueprint to get where you want to go. And, that you know, as, a, as an NBA team, that's that's acquiring the, the talent that can help you get over the hump and, and pursue a championship. And whether you at the end of the day, whether you whether you start. Um, hammering home on these kids when they're you know, when they get to a college campus or not. You could still probably yield similar results. My philosophy is we talked about touch points earlier, getting those, you know, just being able to file away those um, those encounters and 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 just <laughs> just just the chance to see these guys at the high school level to look at their maturity, their trajectory, and see how they how, how it all plays out, um, and then and then learning about their story. Again, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very, and Matt is too, just a, a, a comprehensive approach type of guy. And I want to learn where this kid's been to help, help kind of better predict where he's going. So that's, that's, uh, I've started a Q&A series that this, these past few months with my website, um, Pro in, you know, Perspective Insight, Pro Insight for short. And I, I've really enjoyed that because it helps give these kids a platform to share their story, who they are, what they're about, what's their mental makeup. Um, what's their approach? And again, it's all tied in. I mean, getting, starting that process of information gathering at the high school level, the kids 16, 17, 18, I think, I think can only help. Um, I mean, maybe it's not moving the needle six notches, but hopefully it's moving the needle a notch or two just to help, um, you know, just familiarize yourself with these guys. I don't think that can hurt you. I like that. I, I completely agree. And I think that when you have history to go on, if you have one year to go on, if you have, you know, it, it, your odds of missing in the draft are significantly higher, yeah. right? If you have years of intel, right, and insight into a player and their family and their work habits and their ethic and their maturity growth throughout the years, it's it's an invaluable. It's 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 uh, you can't. It's priceless, really. Right. It, no, it's it's invaluable. You can still miss, but I think it, it mitigates that that risk a little bit, which is what you're trying to do. I mean, they're playing percentages, right? You're yeah. just if you can move the needle here and there, it's, yeah. that's huge. It's, it's an imperfect science, but yeah. What what do you see? Uh, speaking to that, and and I didn't ask you. You know, I didn't prep you on this question at all. But basically, what are wh- there's good players. There's guys that you know are borderline NBA players. Then you have your kind of good players, your starters, your six, seven, your top seven guys on a team, and then you have your your superstars. Okay, how do you? What's what have you noticed in your career in scouting that really um, all the all the greats kind of possess? What is what are those things that you look for at a at a younger age 
that the not all but majority of those that that take it to that next level those all-star guys what do they have at this age that you know separates them that you can kind of help you uh you know watch their trajectory man that's a tough one i don't know if there's one succinct thing and again it takes it it takes time to build up that that internal library it's not like I can go back off the top of my head and say what made Kareem and Wilt and MJ and, you know, Oscar Robinson great at, at 17, 18 years old. Sure. Um, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I feel like I truly, I feel convict, I feel a conviction about this answer and it may or may not be a hundred percent accurate, but I feel like when motives are pure and it's for the love of the game and when guys, Guys truly love the game and it's not work to them. It's just, it's part of their DNA. Being in the gym, working on their game, getting better, winning. That love of the game is, I, I would guess, more often than not, probably transcends different eras, different different levels. And uh, with these superstars, I would bet more often than not, there's a there's a deep love for the game. Um, and I don't, I don't know what... If that was kind of the answer you're looking for, but that's that's definitely something I feel strongly about. Yeah. Um, now there's probably some outliers where you know guys just so talented it doesn't matter, but I think that's one thing I it's one thing I also definitely look for and ask about when trying to learn about a player. Talk about his love for the game. Talk, talk about your love for the game. You know what what does the game mean to you? And you want to hear a uh, you know a passionate answer to that. Hopefully. Sure. Yeah. And I I I, I agree with you. I agree. As I think it has to do with it, basically it's around the same thing, right? It's it's work ethic and it's it's living and breathing and eating and sleeping uh, basketball, yeah. right? And you look at guys like Kobe, Jordan. They if they lost, they didn't sleep, right? They're in the gym after the game. It's an obsession. You know, it's yeah. an obsession, and and because you know there's 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 plenty of guys like uh, I don't know why these names get Darius Miles, Lamar Odom, guys that like. Made it to the NBA, were good players in the NBA. Some at some point they might have even been great for 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 periods, but weren't obsessed with the game, right? Lamar Holmes eating candy or whatever, you know, his whole thing, and or doing other stuff, you know. Now, we're not talking bad about guys, but it's just it. They didn't. Dwight Howard is a guy that like unbelievably talented, uh, was not obsessed with basketball. He just was super tall and super athletic and uh, unbelievably as talented as we've seen at that size you know, maybe ever. Right. Right. And, and so, but I, I agree. I, I like, I liked your answer a lot yeah, and uh, sorry to not prep and prep you for that one. No, man, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough question, but that's, that's good to know. So uh, what other events are, is Babcock, you know, you and Matt and the other guys what's Babcock hoops covering right now and kind of coming up leading up to, you know, this, this, this part of the season. It's been a pretty busy time. I mean, it's, there really is no off season. <laughs> Uh, for us, this is ramping up. I know you and Matt kind of talked about that on your on your last show, but uh, yeah, it's been a busy stretch where there's really no breaks. Matt was at Big Baller Brand, um, and then we had Jason, myself, and Matt at Hoop Summit. Right now, uh, I'm here, kind of representing us for for Jordan Brand, but we've got a couple guys: Jeff Fell, who's based out of Chicago, and then and then Jason, yep. based in Bologna. He did a little two-for-one special and hit uh, the PIT this week, the Portsmouth Invitational, nice. which is um, another great event. It's a senior-based uh, event to really kind of showcase. It's a senior showcase, really, um, out in Virginia. 
and um, they're there right now while I'm here. Matt's Matt's holding down the fort, and then Matt is getting ready to go to the Iverson Classic in, in Philly next week, which has a really I mean they boast a really nice talented roster too. Yeah, yeah. So those are kind of that's kind of what's at the helm right now, okay. and then just kind of planning and getting ready for Chicago, which is which is a big event. They they've kind of. They're kind of throwing something new this year. Um, the, the the old D League G League Elite Camp um, is now another kind of showcase for uh, for draft hopefuls, um, and that's leading right into the combine. So it'll be it'll be really good. I think they're gonna they're gonna pull X amount of players from that preliminary camp into the combine, um, and that's a place where you show out you show out there. You're you're moving up slots. I mean, Kevin Herter last year showed out. Oh, that's right. Showed yeah. out on day one, shut it down, and got drafted top twenty. Top twenty. Um, and worth it. And it was actually one of the better picks to draft. Absolutely. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I mean, they had a great draft. Um, oh, yeah. And then the year before, Kyle Kuzma. Or a couple years, yeah, whenever that was, a couple years ago. So, so there's gems. Yeah. The gems yeah. And, well, it's just it's a setting where you can really, it's <laughs> you can really make or break yourself. Got it. You can slip if you don't play well. I mean, it's possible, and then you can really jump kind of up. jump up those rankings if you if you play well. And the precedent has shown that you you play well on day one, you kind of shut it down. You kind of shut it down. Yeah, yeah. You leave people with a good taste in their mouth. So, yeah, everything's everything we're doing right now is kind of kind of with that on the back burner, leading up, um, and then you know, agent workout startup, and Got it. Um, and it's in full draft mode. So it's it's a it's a busy. But very fun time of year. It's a great time. This is literally one of my favorite times of year. You got the playoffs, you got the NBA draft coming up, and there's just so much shit. So tell me, before we get right into that stuff, tell me, uh, last time you came on the show, and you obviously brought up this time, is about your company, your your, your startup called uh, Pro Insight. Um, so Perspective Insight. So so just tell us a little bit more about that, where you're at at this point, and, uh, and what we can look forward to there. Sure. Yeah, I've tried to, um, I mean, I've Put my heart and soul into that this year, along with along with the stuff with Babcock Hoops, and it's been really really fun. Um, last summer, I, I mean, I, I know I touched on this last time, but just a quick recap. Last summer, decided to since you know uh, a new being a new free agent um, outside of the NBA, I decided to kind of jump into grassroots hoops and and try to find ways to acclimate myself in that in that world and um, or reacclimate myself, I guess, and then. Um, try to gather as much information that's going to be relevant for myself and then, you know, potential colleagues down the road as possible. And this year, it's kind of been twofold on the front end, kind of like how Babcock Hoops does the, the podcast and the mock draft and the articles. On the front end of Pro Insight, um, I started a Q&A series. And I've tried to really, again, I touched on it earlier, but, but showcase and provide a platform for elite high school prospects to do a Q&A format, like an interview format, where they're able to really show their true colors and show their personality and tell their story. And I like to try to ask questions, not unlike questions I'd ask at the at the draft combine sure. um, a month before the draft. I like to show players that um, I do my homework. I have a baseline, a foundation of, of knowledge, at least about, you know, even some surface level stuff about you. So let's get a little bit deeper. So um, I try to ask questions that hopefully they haven't been asked before in that type of setting versus, hey, you're at eight schools. Tell me why you like each of those. You know, you know I, I just feel like sure. that's fine. There's a place for that. It's great. Yeah. I think people, there's a market for that. 
but I just want to take a different angle coming from the NBA background. So Q&A series, we're four or five in now. Um, There's some cool ones on there. Definitely check them out. Um, I started the series off with Jaden McDaniels. Oh, sick. um, Who's a top five guy in 2019. And then uh, uh, Evan Mobley's in there. Paolo Banchero was in there. Um, Trey Mitchell, who's the Gatorade Player of the Year for Connecticut um, this year, was the most recent entry. And I have some great, great ones on tap. So that's been really fun. And that's just for the public to kind of... You know, just kind of give good PR for these guys. So where can they where can they get those those interviews and perspectiveinsight.com. Um, and there's just one of the tabs on there is the QA series and awesome. the, the, the transcripts are all on there. Um, on the back end, what I've tried to do is, you know, throughout this whole year, and it's kind of coming to a coming to a head here soon, is gone to a lot of games, gone to a lot of practices. I've, I've again tried to dive into the grassroots scene and um just get as much relevant information on these guys on and off the court as possible just to help kind of prepare myself if I'm back in an NBA draft room down the line, whatever, with valuable information, pertinent, sure. pertinent information. Sure. So kind of been building this database, um, uh, you know, player evaluations, kind of uh, uh, just a comprehensive snapshot of kind of what you're getting with this guy. And um, that is kind of – it's kind of that's kind of the consulting part. So, been building that up, getting ready to release it soon. Not necessarily for public consumption, but sure. you know, if an NBA team or eventually um, once I go through the NCAA certification process, you know, a college team was recruiting these kids, um, I think it's going to be a nice resource for them to kind of, you know, add to their add to their important contextual information on this on on, sure. these, on these players. I mean that's that's super vital. I know you uh, you're kind of getting gearing it up for uh, to you know to have it to have it for teams, right? To right to you know sell it or, or what have you for for these teams. So what what why is that information so important, right? We we basically spent the whole time talking about that. But what's really your pitch to these teams of like you guys need this because well, quite simply, knowledge is power, and I would say further, furthermore, more specifically. Accurate knowledge is is even more powerful. So, um, I mean, the teams I've worked for in the NBA, we kind of operated by by um, by the principle, you know, the the more good information, the better, right? The more good information at our disposal, hopefully, the better decisions we can make. So it's really it's really falling in line with that. Um, instead of starting to get information, I sound like I know we have kind of talked about it, but like in, instead of starting to get information as a player. You know, start summer school um, or comes in the fall at a place like Kentucky or Duke. Um, what if that process? What if that information gathering process started four years, four years ago? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right now. So just yeah. what one one specific example? Amani Bates um, is a, was a freshman this year, which is incredible to believe. He's out of Michigan. There's a, there's a real chance that in the 2022 draft, when he'd presumably be eligible. That one and done will be a different story then, and he'll be able to go straight to the league. And like, I think by that time, depending on how things shake out, it's a, it's a long time away. But I'm sure I could see a world where some teams are going to be scrambling to get information, and and you know, depending on when that ban is lifted, um, or that rule is changed. Sure, sure. You know, whereas whereas I mean, that's a whole separate conversation, sure, right? Sure. All I've, I'm a lot, all I'm saying is with with Pro Insight, um, you know, he's a guy that has been on the radar since before his freshman year started 
So, you know, you're going to have by that time, when that time comes around, there's going to be several years of data and touch points and evaluations. And um, again, this isn't, it's not rocket science. It's not, um, you know, anything world changing, but it's, it's just pertinent the, information. The more, and the more good information, yeah, the better. The more good information, the better. That's yeah. the, that's the one sentence spiel. So I think, I think what helps, what helps validate it a little bit is the fact that I've been on that side of it. So for, for a long enough time, having worked in the NBA and having worked at the college level where I know what, with a with a general gist of what what teams are looking for, um, so I want to be able to flip that around, capitalize on it, and be a resource for these guys. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Well, we're super excited about that. Super excited to see that, and uh, I'm going to be stealing some notes. Um, so anyway, here moving on. Uh, let's talk a little bit NBA playoffs before we finish up here. Um, who we got in the East? Man, this has been really. It's been. It's been. Fun to watch so far. I don't have any hot takes, and I apologize. It's okay, um, you can take cold takes. I feel like I feel like I feel like Milwaukee's got to be the the favorite. I don't know how you. I don't know how you. They I made mean, such a statement in Game One, and game I mean, two. I mean, obviously, right, right. I mean, especially they blew them up at like forty in Game I, One, yeah, uh, right. Um, and I, I, you just love to see that as far as what the number one team should come out and do. Should come out and do, and I, right? And, and they and should. I, and I don't have a rooting interest in this, but it's, it's so it's fun to just watch it as a fan, right? Um, but they've been doing that all season. That's that's true. They've been winning by 30 all season. Right. And are, are they super super reliant on Giannis? Absolutely. But, I mean, they should as, lo- as long as they have him, I mean, they're, they're they going to have be. a really, really, really good chance. He's 30 and 17 he, every he's, night. He's a monster. And defense. Yeah. Is it, is, side note, defensive player of the year? I mean, who who do you who do you take at who who's ahead of him? I mean, I always think Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player he, in the league every year because without him, Utah doesn't win twenty games. I mean, honestly, he's so good he's defensively, gotta, so he's underrated. Gotta get, he's got to get votes, but Giannis is so versatile, you know. And Giannis is the big name. He's not. He could win the MVP. He could win the defensive player of the year. It could be a huge. And, and he's year. A, talk about rooting for. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. He's a guy I just can't help but root for. Well, you love the guy. Yeah. And he's also, it's funny, I said I heard someone say this the other day. It was like, he's foreign, so like he can make certain jokes and we laugh. Where like other guys say stuff and they we like they get criticized. Right. And I was like, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. I and it's kind of legit. But the truth is, he's a good dude. Never shown anything not to be a good dude. Yeah. He's he smiles, he's funny, and he's unbelievable at what he does. And that's literally every aspect of the game. Yep. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah. Is he your your pick for MVP? He is. He is, and it's okay. such a tight race. I mean, James sure. James Harden has had an insane year. Uh, it's a it's a it's it's, it's almost all time year. It's, it's a shame. Year. It's a shame that one of those guys won't be able yeah. to win it. Co MVP? I don't know. I'm, I'm actually. I'm not even. I'm not a. I'm like the advocate. NFL I'm an, did I'm with Culpepper uh, and Manning back I, in the day. They I, just couldn't pick one. I would endorse a. I would endorse a co MVP. I like that. I like um, that too. But I, I feel like Giannis, number one team. Yeah. I mean, career year. Uh, helped my fantasy team all year. What I mean, a beast. Yeah, he, he's he's a stud. Crazy thing is, he has those stats, and you know, Harden's played about thirty-eight minutes a game, and he has to right for his team to win. Giannis plays about thirty-two a game, right? And and he's putting up his numbers were what twenty eight and thirteen and five assists or six whatever. I mean, it's don't have it off the top of my head, but yeah, he's and, and he's capable of putting up 
just well, he plays, he plays 40. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he could, yeah, his numbers are, are stupid. But both guys, got to tip my cap to both guys. I mean, they've had incredible years. It's a shame that one of them will probably have to not win it. But So prior to last season, uh, I put Giannis for defensive player of the year. I bet like a grand on him. Put Giannis, it was like 20 to 1, or it was something, some, you know, had some great odds. And I, I had a feeling, I'm just like, this dude's a beast. And he didn't win it last year, although he could have because he was unbelievable defensively mm-hmm. last year. And I didn't do it again this year, and I'm super upset. Well, the odds probably weren't as great. Well, odds definitely weren't weren't <laughs> as good. I felt like I was right there. I had it, and I'm just going to miss it. Not happy about that. Okay, so we talked about the East. Let's go West. Is Golden State without Cousins still coming out of the West? I mean, look how good they were without him already. I, I feel like it's tough to bet against them, um, literally or figuratively. I just... I, I can't pick anybody but them. Yeah. Um, I hope we get to see. I hope we get to see them tested along the way. Sure. Um, just for sheer enjoyment. Harden will push. I mean, not a lot of teams in in the West. Unfortunately, as good as the West is, it's uh, Warriors are great, and everyone else is like good. Yeah, they're just uh, they can be on another. Their 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 ceiling is so much higher, and I mean they've done it before. I just don't see a. It's tough for me to see a world where they're not they're not winning it all again. But I just, as a fan in this stage of life, which is cool, um, to not be with the team and be able to just kind of root for good basketball. I hope I hope we can see like a, a game six or a game seven. You know, just just see it go down to the wire a little bit. Like last year's Western Conference Finals were awesome. 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 Yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic. Epic. Yeah. yeah so I'm hoping yeah. for you know I just want some drama. That's yeah, I'm, okay. I'm here. I'm here for all the drama. NBA more drama, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We we got drama or whatever there. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> does Milwaukee stand a chance? I mean, if Greek play plays at at his peak and he's able to kind of like limit Durant, right? And then you got Bledsoe, who's who's tough defensively. He gets in Curry's head. I mean, all it really takes is Curry to roll an ankle, and they're and they're not going to win it. I, I, I mean, that's how I feel. Now, listen, you know. Right. Both teams are full strength. Golden State's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. but but you never know how things play out, and games aren't played on paper. And um, I think I think there would be multiple series that would be fun to watch, but one I'm, I'm probably expecting is, is Milwaukee-Golden State. But um, if it's not, then I'm sure it'll still be an entertaining brand of basketball. What do you think is going to happen with Boogie? Because Boogie is so. Let me set it up real quick. Uh, Boogie's one of my favorite players, like in the last decade. Mm-hmm. I loved him at Kentucky. I loved him. I watched him in high school. I, I, I love Boogie. I've always loved Boogie. I, I, I was emailing David Kahn the day of the draft, telling him to take Boogie. He took Wes Johnson. Still not happy about it. Timberwolves could have had, you know, obviously Boogie has his issues, but I love. He talking about someone that loves the game. Boogie loves the game. Loves the game. Obviously, he's, he's got a temper issue and some th- certain things there, but um, and he's had some bad luck the last two years. He was going to be all first team All NBA last year until he tore his uh, Achilles, yeah. and and so the guy was on for a career year. He's going to be a free agent. It was everything was going his way, and he tears the. I mean, it just ruins it, and he doesn't get his super max. He doesn't you know all these things happen to him. He comes back. Misses the first half of the season, comes back. Warriors are unstoppable. Now they have five superstars on their team, and it's like the craziest thing ever. And Boogie goes down just this past week with a torn quad, mm-hmm. and that's like that's no joke. He's done. Like there's, I've I've like bruised my quad. And I couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> he like tore his quad. Like there's just there's just no way. So 
for me, it's like, and and now he's a he signed a one year five million dollar deal with Golden State this past year, so that's up. Now he's a free agent. What do you do? Do you do it again? You have to give another one year, one year contract with a with a team that you have to go prove yourself again, and then wait for your max. Like, not to give a lame answer, but probably. What did they give a timetable on the quad yet? He'll, they they said he could be back for the finals. Oh wow! The, I didn't know it was that soon. So he, he, he will he be back by training uh, camp. Uh, he'll be yeah, he'll be back by training camp. So yeah. it's not this isn't a this isn't a he won't have an all. He'll have most of the off season, but um, I, I think I think. But at the I mean, same time, that's still who's going to give him a three year deal? Who's going to give him a max? No one's going to give him a max deal. Vaguely speaking, he might get a little bit more than five this yes, off season, especially because so. he'll be able to come back sooner. Yeah. But I do think it'll be a. But then who does he go to? I think it'll be a shorter trip. Because they'll, half the team's I elite. Go, I think he'd go to a lot of places. I just think it'll be shorter. But I bet you 70% of the GMs wouldn't take him for the veteran minimum. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit polarizing, to say the least. I, I do think, um, I mean, I was watching him closely this year, just super eager to see how he bounced back from it. I mean, he's a beast. He's he's. He's a beast. Dude's a beast. I mean, he, Dude tore his Achilles, up, he, and he's fine. He basically picked up right, right where he left off. Now, luckily for him, his game isn't predicated on he, he, being, he, couldn't, he couldn't jump be, before he can't jump. Being after. explosive, so yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I think that that worked in his favor. But still, that injury, that rehab's no joke, and um, it's it's derailed people's careers left and right over the years. And to see him come in and within his first handful of games coming back, being a basically a twenty and ten guy on any given night. On that loaded roster, yeah, yeah. I think spoke volumes. So unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that's that's tough. I don't think there's. Uh, it's tough to. Well, like I can see it, like but... New York. Okay, New York misses out on their Kyrie Durant hopes. You know, I could see New York get panicky, go get like Butler and Cousins, which wouldn't be a good idea. But you know, you know, I'm saying like that kind of vibe, and then they go to New York, and maybe Cousins gets a a bigger deal. Maybe gets a hundred million to go to New York versus you know. Which is a deal in this day and age because two hundred for a superstar is basically <laughs> what you're getting. That's true. So um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just I, I figured I'd ask. Plus, I, I don't know if you saw the Showtime, uh, the Resurgence documentary on Cousins. I didn't. Someone just told me about this, and it's it's a fallen literally the the, the movie. The, I think the, the the documentary starts like as he's coming out of surgery after his Achilles, huh. and it's the whole thing, and and it's supposed to be unbelievable. And I I love Boogie Cousins so. Um, I'll have to check that I'm out. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, I still, I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. I just think from a from a risk management perspective, I mean, people have different thresholds with that. Teams have different thresholds, but I think it's probably going to be on the shorter side. And I think it'll be more than what he got this year, especially if, yeah. if his time more is to be back. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting to follow. Well, he's not coming back to Golden State, that's for sure, uh, unless Clay and Durant leave. So. But even then, yeah, probably not. So, you know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Matt McKay, thank you so much. You can check out his website. Uh, is it up Is it up and running just yet? Or it's is up. It, PerspectiveInsight.com. PerspectiveInsight.com. You're the man. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, Chase. Thank you. Thank you.